and welcome to Super Withers. I am your cruise director, Ryan Salinas. And look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Ismail. <laughs> I just, I really enjoyed that. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was that was such a good movie. I mean, I love, I love Tom Hanks in like a million different roles. Tom Hanks and Bill Paxton, two of my favorites. Well, what about the people that say he's the same role in every movie? I would agree with that as well. Same thing for a <laughs> son, Colin. Um, sure, or Robert ahead. De Niro until the end of his career. Same, yeah. same kind of roles, but they're great. And Julia Roberts, same thing. And Brittany, that's what I, that's what we pay these people for. And Bruce Willis. Absolutely. And Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. Okay. <laughs> I will, I will die on this hill. Uh, so a lot of fun things are happening in today's episode is the travel episode. I was waiting for sound fight. effects, but um, uh, <laughs> come on, Ryan. There you go. That, that always reminds me of Disney World for some reason. That sound it really does. The Tinkerbell. Well, this should sound like Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> so, fun fact: uh, we can start off this this travel episode by traveling. Uh, I went to. I had an event in New York, so I flew from New York. Or I'm sorry, I flew from Vegas to New York, which was interesting. Uh, what you're really busy whenever you have a layover in Nashville and then have to have your weekly company meeting in an airport, but whatever. <laughs> Fl- flew to New York. We did a couple days in New York, and then so this is this is what I did. I don't even think I told you all of this. Uh, well, I told your wife. I don't know if I told you, but <laughs> yeah, the funny thing is that I, I met you on this journey yes. somewhere, but I did not hear the story. So carry on. So what ended up happening was we booked a fabulous, 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 <laughs> fabulous brand activation. Gosh, I love saying that. Uh, and this was in Brooklyn. And the cool thing was. The client ended up building this gigantic LED box for us. So it was like eight feet tall and eight feet wide. And the whole box was just an LED screen, which was a nightmare for the photo booth to handle all the light and the people. So balancing it was a little difficult. But other than that, it was so amazing. So I so the goal was to stay for like two or three days in Manhattan and then transfer because we were going to fly out of JFK. So I flew into LaGuardia. Those that don't know the difference, just Google it. So flew into LaGuardia, went into Manhattan, stayed there for two or three days, did some sightseeing, did some whatever. Then I was flying out of JFK on Delta. So I thought there is a hotel at JFK. You might have heard of it. It's called TWA Hotel. It sounds vaguely familiar. Vaguely familiar. Uh, (laughs) so I was like, you know what, rather than leaving the city super early in the morning, I'll just stay at TWA, go do my event, come back to TWA. And then whenever I fly out, just fly out of Delta. Uh, I was, I was, I always get sad walking through TWA thinking of what could have been, but yes, you, 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 you're a baller and sounds like you stayed there. So I'm curious to hear how it went. It it, it 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 still may happen. Just don't don't give up hope. Um, so, anyways, so I we go to TWA to check in, and first of all, getting to TWA was a nightmare because I guess there was like a wreck or something, and yeah, I don't know. It was just horrible. What should have taken forty five minutes, I think, took about 
maybe two hours. So finally get to the hotel, check in, go to the room, dump everything at the, at the room, then went to the event. And this event was not very well organized. Um, this was done by a marketing agency. And the funny thing is whenever I got a phone call from them, and I'm very interested to see who actually did this because I think I know why. Uh, whenever I got the call, they were like, oh, well, we did something similar at Fashion Week. And prior to this, Fashion Week was like a couple weeks before. And my first thought was, well, why aren't you using the photo booth company that you used for Fashion Week? I think I may know why. I'm pretty sure that that photo booth person might have turned them down. Because <laughs> um, whenever I got to this event, first of all, absolutely no one was friendly. My client never spoke to me that night, and she knew who I was. And I was working with some other random person who was apparently fed up with this other person. Like there was just tons of little marketing girls, you know, all on their cell phones, all with their like little chuggy Gucci belts and, you know, their little fake spade purse at whatever I'm getting too in, too in depth right now. However, you could tell that there was like some random hierarchy happening and it was just not pleasant. And I mean, everyone, everyone was frustrated. Production was frustrated, audio was frustrated, video was frustrated, some of the performers were – like everyone was just frustrated for no reason. And, you know, the bartenders there, they were frustrated because I guess now all of a sudden it turned into like a cash bar or something. I don't know. The whole thing was just a little bit of a mess. So we get there, an hour there before setup, which is more than enough time. They are painting the outside of our box still. So the inside was all LEDs. They had – uh like vinyls and decals and then they were painting the rest black of like the other structure that was i guess that made up the show so they're painting and kind of getting in the way a little bit we do the event the actual end client showed up and one of the little marketing girls i guess the the client was like oh what's that over there and one of the little marketing girls did know i was like oh that's our video booth this is what we're doing this is the output and she was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. And then I look over at the little marketing girl, and she mouthed to me. She goes, thank you, because <laughs> clearly no one was telling her anything. So what this is what I think you should take away here is while I will never uh, – I will never, like, undermine anyone, like, in the actual, like, hierarchy of, like, the actual end client. Like, I don't think I would want to step on anyone's toes with that. You know, I'm the hired help, and I absolutely know that. So whenever she ends up coming up and she's, you know, struggling and drowning, I'm going to save her, you know, because I don't want her to look stupid. Uh, and I mean, clearly it was something that she was left out of the loop of. I get there and they're like, oh, well, we just found out that there's a photo booth here, like meaning the venue just did. So it was that part was a little interesting. So anyways, that being said, you know, power through the event. It was a four hour event. Everything was fine. Everyone was happy. You know, we had a couple of little technical issues with the video wall here and there, but, you know, the video company fixed stuff. And then pack up, go to JFK or go back to TWA Hotel. I look on my phone and the Delta flight is canceled. Ah, uh, this I remember. This is 1 a.m. And you've dealt so, with a lot of cancellations lately or delays. I really have. So yeah. Southwest just had a cancellation like blackout, I guess, which oddly enough, I personally wasn't affected, but my team was. Um, so anyways, we work through that or whatever. So what? They got two extra bonus days in Vegas. Good for them. Um, 
However, Delta was canceling and I was going to go on a cruise and this eventually led to something else, but whatever. Uh, and you were going to Disney world at the same time. Yes. It was my first flight since pre COVID, uh, with a family, a trip with the family. So we were in Disney world, I think at the time that this was going on. Yeah. 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 So Delta cancels the flight. First of all, I know people that live and die by Delta. I don't know why. And, you know, maybe it just was my first experience was bad. But, and truthfully, I think something was happening at the UN because there was a lot of cancellations coinciding all at the same time. I don't know. The whole thing was weird. Everything to Orlando was canceled. You know, check the rest of the airlines at JFK. Check LaGuardia. Check Newark. Like, it was all gone. So I was like, okay, do I, how do I get to, how do I get to, you know, Orlando essentially. And we ended up going to 3 a.m., taking a train from Penn Station all the way to Baltimore, got on a flight from Baltimore to Orlando and made it to Orlando 30 minutes before my original flight was supposed to land. Wow. Nightmare. How did you get there before the original flight was supposed to get there? It just worked out that way because I was like, okay, well, let me just head south. And if I head south, maybe I can catch a <laughs> flight somewhere. Like, because I would truly was going to take the train to Boston. Wow. I mean, that's just an example that shows your resourcefulness, right? A lot of people in that position would not think, let me get on a train, let me go south, let me find another flight and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, just give me some kudos where kudos are deserved. That well, first of all, a that's travel skills, and b that is also desperation for a vacation. Uh, <laughs> I'm not missing this cruise no matter what. Well, so this is the thing: is I was convinced to purchase the travel insurance, which pretty much was the smartest thing I could have done because what eventually, and well, and actually, this is another thing that I did that I think is absolutely hysterical. So once all this is happening, I was like, you know what? I can get the you know plane ticket refunded. I can get the train ticket reimbursed and then i purchased the second flight on on essentially points so you know it worked out either way uh funny thing was whenever we got back from this whole fiasco i couldn't get a refund from delta and which is interesting because a lot of other airlines just kind of process it whenever they cancel your flight delta you had to like go through like some like random application whatever i sat on the phone for like three hours only for them to tell me just to wait. And I'm and she and the girl goes, and I mean I was furious. She goes, Well, I am working on stuff from July twenty-third. I'm like, so you're gonna tell me that I am gonna have to wait three months for my refund for a flight that you canceled? And she's like, That's not what I said. I was like, Well, that's what you're implying by telling me that you're working on a file from July twenty-third. So do you know what I did? No. I emailed the CEO, Ed Bastion. Wow. <laughs> Do you know what happened? Nothing. <laughs> I, got a, I got a call at 9 a.m. the next morning from some random person running his email, and they said they were processing my refund. I had the refund in my account the next morning. Wow. So yes. you thought, let me find the CEO's email address and take it up with the big man. Absolutely. And he ended up putting out a statement like, you know, oh, we're understaffed. Oh, we're training. We can't train people fast enough. Like, you know, I get that. And it's all growing pains, but I'm pretty sure it's not that hard to implement something to 
auto yeah. refund people if you yeah. if you cancel the flight or i canceled flight yeah absolutely i mean it lets you rebook however the rebooking options were like two three days later i was like i can't stay here for two or three days i'm gonna miss my cruise so i did what i could just to get down there but whatever anyways that that we went on a very long tangent for what we were actually discussing um however what i wanted to talk about today was travel fees because this is something that kind of came up um, you skipped the best part we met up in the magic kingdom we did meet up in the Magic Kingdom. However, you weren't there, and I spent the time chit-chatting with your wife in a turkey leg. I mean, I didn't know I didn't know you were there, and I have kids now, Ryan, as you saw. <laughs> it's totally funny anecdote. Ryan and I got my daughter and Ryan online for a ride that she loved. Like at the very end of the night, it was like before everything closed down, and we get to the front of the line, and my daughter's like, "Nah, I don't want to go anymore. I don't want to go," and I have to get off. I had to. I had to get off. I had to get off the ride. So that that tells you my life in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. So this is this is going to be. Don't have children is the moral of the story. <laughs> Use birth control, kids. Um, it's no. but it's a totally different experience because actually, um, I don't know how it came up, but I I saw the video of me and you riding the roller coaster in Disneyland in California um, from years ago. And I'm like, man, such a different, it's like a, a different life. Ago. It's like a different life. Like carefree, enjoying your time there, looking tan. Have a Mickey bar, take yeah. an Instagram picture. And now I'm like carrying a toddler on, around and trying to just make it through the day. So oh definitely gosh. a very different life. But I'm glad I got to run into you over there. And I'm sorry that you had a bad experience with Delta. I, night and day, I, night and day. Yeah. Well, no. So, I mean, you know finally make it there you get on the cruise and then you forget about everything and then everything's fine so i actually went on a disney cruise which is the first disney cruise that i've been on probably because i don't think i would spend that kind of money to go on a disney cruise for that kind of time i mean those things are expensive yeah i've, I've thought about doing it in the past and they're like triple the price of the other cruises um well, so how'd you find such a great deal any tips it was like i don't know more than half off for sure but it was such a lot. Like I literally booked like three days before I got on that thing. Mm. But how do you I mean, find was, them? Is it like a, a website that has deals that get blasted to your email or do you just look it up and happen it to find like it? It was like DisneyCruise.com. You want to leave tomorrow? Sure. <laughs> like That's what I did. And it was really not heavily occupied. So that looked, that no, looked great to me. I yeah. mean, there was, there was a point in time where there was absolutely no one on that ship. Like it was just a ghost town. Sounds amazing. Peaceful. It was, really it was very delightful. I really appreciated it. However, and travel fees, about, travel fees. So I'm going about this and I get a lot of, I, I get a lot of people inquiring as to how I run that part of the, the business. Um, typically the way how I would sell it to a client is if I'm going to, first of all, I was already going to New York. So it was just a matter of putting equipment with me to do the particular event. So whenever I sold the event, I knew that I was going to have to carry it. So what I ended up doing was selling them on a system that could break down and I didn't show them any pictures of, Oh, this is what it looks like until like, I knew like, okay, yes, this is the, what they're booking. And this is what I can, you know, essentially not get away with, but this is the system that I'm going to use to do this event that just so happens to break down. Um, I never charge a travel fee and people like always like freak out about that. Um, one thing that I do is whenever we have events with like a local team, there's local pricing and then there's travel pricing. So whenever we do anything like in New York or Florida or Georgia or, you know, Cabo or wherever, all those, all those pricing essentially is the same because I'm really never going to pay more than $200 for a plane ticket. 
so all of that stuff is just kind of included and there's just like a travel price. So I never do a specific line item because what gets me is people are like, oh, well, this event is 30 miles away. I'm like, okay, get in, get in your car. I mean, I, I had to take a train, a plane, an automobile just to get where I needed to go. Like my thing is that you shouldn't nickel and dime like that. Well, you're, it's because you're including it in your, your rate. Like you said, you have different pricing for events that require travel and you just know it's covered in there. The problem with breaking it out is that you give the customer something to point at and say, hey, why am I paying this? Yeah. Um, and I also think it just depends on you as a business owner, what you'd rather do. I personally agree with you that if you can just embed it in there, it's a lot easier because they don't know what makes that up that number and it gives you more power in negotiating. However, um, I, like, I've, I've seen in New York City when we do events, it's like expected to have a travel fee because everyone charges a travel fee. You got to park the vehicle. There's all there's all this stuff involved with getting into the city that's expected. Um, other than that, I don't break it out either. Um, but only in Manhattan, I do. Yeah, that's the part that I don't necessarily understand is whenever people are like, you know, oh, uh, uh, what am I going to do for a hotel and for food and for whatever? I'm like, you're not like shaking a little coin thing, like asking for change, like slap a number on it, build it in and then you hit the road. Like, I don't know. I guess I just have a different opinion on this, but I will say this. Whenever you work with any corporate client and they see a travel fee that just gives them a thing to nix it because there are some places in some corporations that have to hire someone local. So mm-hmm. if they think that you're local and don't charge a travel fee, you have a, a higher likelihood of getting the, getting the business. Interesting. That's a good hack. Um, yeah. Uh, I, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, you probably could get away with Manhattan, not including it either. I've just seen that it's accepted. Um, so who knows? Everything's going virtual now. Everyone's working from home. So um, no more travel fees. It's all digital. Well, that's another thing. So I go on this cruise and I have I, I, I automate a lot of stuff. And we have talked about this for, I don't know, four or five years at this point. I don't know how long we've been doing this. I'm tired of it. Anyways, uh, one of the first things that I did in Australia was automa- automation with personalization. Like that was like the thing that like – and I still do it to this day. And one of those particular things that I did was whenever we switched to virtual, what I wanted to do was I wanted someone to be able to go in and purchase a virtual booth online with whatever they needed with a whole bunch of like predetermined packages. And actually we did this in my COVID comeback series on RyanSalinas.com. And one of those things that we talked about was how to price out virtual. So we went through like a whole spreadsheet there's like math and formulas and all sorts of stuff that Kelly Haney did. And whenever we went through this, uh, I ended up putting it into my system to where someone could go online and book it. They could pay for it. They could send me all the assets. We would have it to them in 24 hours. I get back on the, from to the U S from the cruise that morning, I checked my email. Someone paid $1,500 for a virtual booth and they sent me an email and they were like, Oh, we don't have access to the portal. This, 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 blah, blah, blah. You know, our event is tomorrow. And all I did was pop in a questionnaire. I said, send me all the assets with this, fill this out and you will have it in 30 minutes. They sent it, built out the system, send it back to them. They said, Ryan, this is amazing. You're a rock star. 
I mean, it was the quickest 1500 bucks I made. And while on a cruise and effectively paid for my cruise. I mean, it was just so quick. And, th and that's another thing is like, it's a little late in the game to be doing virtual, I think, because I don't really see virtual. I, I think I see virtual as a hybrid. I don't necessarily see virtual as, you know, a primary source of income or a primary line item at this point. I think it's absolutely supplemental. I don't think that it's going to, you know, replace the current business or whatever, but it's nice well, money. That's for sure. I agree with the hybrid um, for sure, especially for corporate events, but there's people that are doing extremely well, the virtual, even now, like, I don't know if you saw a snap bar announced that they're not doing staffed events anymore. Like that's it. Yeah. They're going all virtual. And there's a couple other people that I know that are really just focusing on virtual. Um, so, but I do think that, the, the early people who really focused on it got a lion's share of the market. Yeah. So um, it's it's probably not going to be as large as the photo booth industry in-person events. Um, so the people who acted quickly definitely got a big piece of that. Yeah. And like the thing is what I did is, you know, I threw up a page, you know, I got some bookings or whatever. And then whenever I automated the system, I got a little more and some of them were i mean there was one there was one client that i had that was booking once a week and i mean it was just it was just it was like lunch money like it was just like consistent cash and i was like wow this is nice in like the middle of a pandemic you know like it, it was just whenever absolutely no money is coming in and then all of a sudden i just get a weekly allowance from these people you know so you mentioned people asking you about travel fees often is that really their like their only question like do you include it or do you break it out well, they were at the people, photo boothers will ask me how I manage like the travel part. So one thing that I will say about the business is in the multiple cities that we operate in, there are storage units and the unit, the physical units live there. And, you know, I have digital locks on, on these units where they can go in, unlock up with their phone, get the equipment they need, you know, do the event, come back, return it, whatever. So that's, that's one part of it. And then the other part is like actual travel travel. Like I got to go get on a plane and do stuff. Um, that part is I I've actually been traveling with a 360. Um, I've done a, a few events where I'm lugging that thing around an airport. And the first time I did it, it was so ridiculously scary because I worried that that thing was just going to like shatter into a million pieces on the plane. Absolutely not. Those things are workhorses. Like I was fine just throwing it on a plane or whatever. And we had these brand new, beautiful media passes made. Um, so if you pay attention to any of the airlines uh, policies on media, you essentially can check media and not have to pay the overage. So that is just flipping fantastic because I primarily fly Southwest. Southwest gives you two pieces of checked luggage for free up to 50 pounds you know i have stuff that's like 70 75 pounds i flash in my media pass they push it through i don't pay a dime yeah that's a uh, who, who's famous for that advice? i think it's david miller from la photo boarding yeah they posted uh they posted a um a nice little article about it so if you get a chance absolutely read it yeah it's definitely uh, especially if you're doing a lot of these traveling events um yeah you, you know it's, it's interesting because people are so concerned about how do you do it with the travel, how do you do it with the travel. But I think we live in a day and age now, especially after this COVID, post-COVID world where everyone's used to working from home. It's a lot easier to be more like a, of a digital nomad in every industry. Like I just rented an Airbnb. Um, the house is in Florida. The person that owned it was in Ohio. Uh, they can control the thermostat from home. They can control the door from like, you don't really need to be in the area all the time. I spoke to someone 
uh, just earlier today who has a photo booth business in a total different state across the country that he manages. So with the storage facilities, with uh, the online presence of the website and using tools and systems to optimize everything, uh, it shouldn't be as big of a deal to do the traveling as it used to be. Mm-mm. So, And I think the thing that's kind of really saved me a little bit is SnapPick. Because with SnapPick, they did the upgrade to where it can be on your phone. So, I mean, you have 360s running on a phone now. Like, you have, like, there's so many options available to where you just, I don't know, you're not, your equipment can be pared down so much you can travel with it. And we've all, I've always done this. If it can't fly with me, it's not coming. And I've gotten to the point now where I can do 360 anywhere in the United States and parts of Mexico. But that's such a powerful shift. So, for example, um, in the past, everyone would complain, hey, I can't charge those rates. I'm not in Manhattan. I can't charge those rates. I'm not in California. Well, now you can, right? So if you live in a lower cost of living state or town in the middle of America and you can't charge past a certain rate and it's more economical for you to get on a plane and go to New York, what's stopping you from booking New York clients now? Like you can just do what Ryan does and book clients in high cost areas and travel there for the events and make more money than you would have working in the area that you live in. Well, so I, yeah. I think that, I think that there are certain people that are afraid to travel and it is most definitely not for everyone because I'm not saying, Hey, throw up a website in a city that you don't live in or don't work in or have never even been to, you know, because it takes, it takes a lot of practice to be able to like, like, I don't, I, I, I don't need a map anywhere in LA, anywhere in Dallas, anywhere in Vegas, anywhere in Texas, essentially anywhere in New York, anywhere in Florida, like, I've, I've done these things for so long and so often, like I know where I'm going all the time. And part of whenever I was much younger and building the business, I kind of had a name drop. So, you know, oh, who do you, who are you working with at this particular property, you know? Um, and whenever I, you do this so often, it's kind of nice to be like, oh, well, who are you working with? Right. I mean, the only reason I bring that up is because I think when people are asking you these specific questions, they're stuck in the the weeds and not looking at the big picture. Um, and, and the world is different now. You definitely can do these things. Um, for example, I have a family friend that has a cleaning company. It's a cleaning company where people have to go to a location and clean. And they are in a yacht in the Mediterranean Sea uh, for the last three months running their business and making money while they're on vacation. So if you have the right systems in place, uh, in our business, you may need a storage facility so you don't have to lug things around. You need a, a person there in that location to manage the event, but you can really run a business from anywhere. Um, don't let a travel fee line item stop you from that. It's just a matter of figuring out how best to do it. Yeah. I mean, I think that if you have, and that's another thing is like, I have a couple people on my team that do not mind traveling. Like book me, like let's go. And I have other people that are like, no, thank you. I'll, I'll stay here. And that's fine too. I mean, you just have to find like, it, it most definitely takes a personality to travel because things can go wrong and you just have to learn how to, you know, maneuver stuff. But I would still use that to your advantage. So for example, some t- team members don't want to fly around fine, but for other people, it may be like a perk. It may help you recruiting talent because some people will be like, I get to travel to cool places for free. Yeah. Um, sign me up. Yeah. And, and meet Paris Hilton. That's hot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. So anyways, so we were talking about doing a Christmas party. 
Uh, my team is much, much larger now. Oh, it's that and time of the year again. Oh, my it's, goodness. It's that, it's that time of the year to start thinking about this stuff. And we, I, we're going to be taking a little break of Super Boothers for a while because there's just kind of too much going on. Uh, however, one of the things that I was kind of saying is happening is we're going to be doing such a high volume of events. You know, all of the team members are going to be abused for a little bit. And I mean, that's just kind of how it goes. There's just a lot of like stuff happening in these next few weeks, like in its intense. And then it just gets more intense up until, you know, New Year's. Um, so what I did was in our weekly meeting, I posed the option. I was like, hey, would y'all want to do a Christmas party? And, you know, dinner somewhere, la, la, la. Well, whenever we priced the stuff out, it was like, oh, this is going to be a little expensive. And then I started looking at cruises, and I was like, wait a minute. The cruise industry is shot to hell right now. Why don't we take advantage of this? So then I called a group person, found out that it is pretty much comparable to doing dinner than sending, you know, the entire team off for a week. Wow. So – this year for our Christmas party, we are doing a company cruise and I am beyond ecstatic. That sounds awesome. That's like a, such a good loophole, right? That's, that's again, being resourceful and thinking, Hey, cruises need money. Uh, and it's equivalent to a dinner. That's mind blowing. Isn't that crazy. That is mind blowing. I know there's cheap cruises out there, but that's crazy. I mean, granted, yes, this is going to be a little bit more than dinner, but at the same time, like I'd rather spend a little bit more and, we're gone for a week then just well that, you know, think think about the bonding and the morale and all yeah, that stuff that you get absolutely. from something like that yeah. versus hey let's get together for a day and talk business you know yeah yeah and now we can you know go for a week and you know occasionally get dinner occasionally not you know oh let's all go to the casino oh let's do karaoke night so i'm a little bit excited for that because the team does work really hard all year long and this is the first year where it's been I, I mean, I'm not going to say, uh, well, it's been a good year and I'll leave it at that. Um, I think, I think the correct terminology is we've been blessed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> booked and blessed. Um, I can't, so yeah. I can't wait to get back on cruises again. I, I, I missed that experience for sure. You know, it's definitely not for everyone, but all of a sudden everyone's like piling on this. So like my grandfather's coming along, like, you know, he invited a friend and now she's kind of, I'm like, wait, what? Like what's going on here? Everyone's just piling on this cruise. Are there rules now where they have to show proof of vaccination and I haven't been following it. Yeah. Yes. So, uh, the way how it works is when actually there's an event that we're doing next week that is requiring vaccination. Um, so that part's not a problem. Um, and funny enough, there was, uh, an attendant that was, hesitating getting a vaccine and i was like well if you don't get a vaccine you can't work this really ridiculously large event and i mean i'm sorry that's not my role that's that's the clients and that's just it's just standard and then oh, okay well then like areas like the bahamas the bahamas is requiring requiring vaccination now some of the cruise lines are requiring vaccination so if you want you don't want to get vaccinated that's fine you just don't go on the cruise as well uh, they got vaccinated the very next day at two. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free cruise. will do that to you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyways, that's, that's all that's happening, but you know, 
it'll it it'll be such an experience and i'm so excited for everyone that we all get to do this together and it's just again such you know a little morale booster especially because they're all going to get abused these next couple weeks (laughs) that's a master leadership skill right there because you know that there's going to be a lot of work coming and you know they're going to get abused like you said but before that happens you let them know i'm taking you on a cruise i'm going to dangle a carrot in front of you (laughs) i mean it's seriously that's that's great that's how it should be done I have fourth graders working for me and I'm dangling a pizza party down. <laughs> if everybody does their homework, we'll get to get pizza. It's an ice cream social. It's happening on Friday. <laughs> no, but that's definitely like psychologically. I mean, that's the way to do it. So, yeah. So anyways, well, thanks so much for, for, for this little travel episode. I can't wait to get back on the boat. I hope we, I hope we all get to travel soon. Thank you.